0: Hi, everybody, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen in on our Hillco Global Smarter Perspective podcasts. Welcome back to our return listeners, and for those joining us for the first time, I'm your host, Steve Katz. Thanks again for tuning in. Today, we're joined by Jesse Marzuk, who's Vice President and Forge Street Product Specialist at Hillco Global for an early Q1 update on what's happening in forestry, with, of course, some emphasis on developments in the related housing market, which is still under a lot of pressure from continued high interest rates, as we all know. Jesse, thanks for joining us. Uh, We talked forestry a while back in mid-2022, I believe, as the lumber market was starting to cool. And uh, uh, what's going on? Has that continued? And what else are you seeing in the market as we approach the midpoint of Q1 this year?
1: Thanks for having me on, Steve. Wow, yes. Has that continued? We've really seen significant month-over-month declines in lumber pricing ever since the beginning of last year. Composite pricing for framing lumber is down from $1,500 per thousand board feet in the middle of 2021, and it ended last year at the end of 2022 at about the same level it was immediately before the pandemic started. Those levels were around $380 per thousand board feet. So the highs experienced by the market were really an aberration that has subsided. And we're essentially back to where we would have been had there not been a pandemic at all.
0: Yeah, interesting. So uh, clearly there have been a lot of other factors uh, of influence as well. How, for example, have continued energy prices impacted the mills?
1: Good question. Steve, it's really a two-part answer. It's not only energy, but it's a story of labor. So obviously, sawmills run on energy, and moving lumber to and from those mills requires a significant investment in fuel, fuel for trucks, fuel for natural gas to run the mills. And with costs running high and demand decreasing, business still hasn't really laid off any workers. The reason for that, primarily, I believe, is that there's still that muscle memory for the times after the pandemic where mill operators had a hard time securing labor. So instead of laying off people, what mills have done is make certain operational adjustments, including taking downtime because demand has started to weaken. But what's interesting is that they're doing it at higher levels in terms of lumber pricing than they've done in the past. In the past, mills would have started taking downtime when prices were in the $200 to $250 range. But now we're seeing mills take down time when pricing is much closer to that $400 level. So there's a cost story for mills and it's one of both energy and labor with neither of those expected to show significant deterioration in the near future.
0: Yeah, and it's understandable I mean that muscle memory you talked about uh it's a it's a painful thing when you let those trained workers go and and all of a sudden you find uh you know you have a increased capacity need and and you can't get them back and then you really struggle. So very understandable there. Uh, And what can you tell us about developments in the housing market since we last spoke, given the strong connection between housing activity and lumber pricing?
1: Obviously, there's that strong connection. So true, Steve. Single-family housing starts dropped to their lowest level in five months in December of 2022, with housing less affordable than at any time in recent memory. The sale of existing homes was down 17.8% year-over-year in 2022 versus 2021. The overall market right now is clearly a reflection of continued high interest rates, which, even though they have softened slightly since we spoke last summer, are still, for 30-year fixed mortgages, slightly above 6%. That's a big adjustment for folks who were expecting to pay 2.5%, 3%, or even 4% not that long ago when they first committed to homes that they were having built. One report we recently just saw from Yahoo MoneyWise said that thousands of Americans were backing out of those signed contracts. In fact, about 60,000 individuals are reported to have fallen through and backed out of their contracts in October of last year alone. With demand likely to be tempered by a lack of cheap money for some time to come, there are concerns that the record value run-ups in numerous markets could place them at risk. Certain areas in the Southeast, particularly in Florida, and in the Northwest, including Washington State and Oregon, have been cited as being particularly susceptible. One of the things that I want to reiterate, however, is that with all of this being said, with the weakness in the housing market, I want to clearly state that the current environment is nothing like the Great Recession. Leading up to the Great Recession, the housing market overbuilt for four or five years consecutively. If anything, leading into the COVID crisis, the housing market had been underbuilt. While we are certainly feeling the effects of the massive increase in home prices and interest rates post-COVID, demand for housing is not expected to fall off a cliff like it did back in 2008 and 2009. In 2022, nearly 5 million Americans got married. All of those couples need a place to live and are expected to put a floor under the housing market in the years to come.
0: Yeah, it's a tricky bounce, right? You've got all these people, like you said, the newly married couples, people... Looking for homes. And then you've got this issue of I put my money down on that house a year ago and, you know, I was going to pay a mortgage in the two thousand dollar range. Now all of a sudden it's thirty five hundred dollars. You know, do I really have a choice in terms of backing out? But but it is quite different, um, as you've clearly uh, pointed out here, In ter- you know, in terms of uh, where it was going into the Great Recession versus going into this period. So thanks for that observation. And and what are you guys, uh, you and your team, seeing in terms of the paperboard market right now?
1: Absolutely. It's kind of similar to the housing market. Um, You saw a massive increase post-COVID because everyone was staying at home and buying things online, consuming goods instead of services. You know, in certain respects, people are forecasting growth in the corrugated box market of roughly 1.85 billion dollars between 2022 and 2026 growing at a compound annual growth rate of roughly 3.3% during that forecast period as we mentioned the increase is expected because of the dramatic shift away from goods spending that occurred post covid and now we're seeing that shift from goods to services and what that's done is put significant downward pressure on packaging demand and while this Decline was initially stemmed by the fact that many retailers and businesses businesses had committed to orders and continued building stock even as consumer demand decreased. The trend became evident. U.S. actual corrugated box shipments in the second half of 2022 declined by 6.4% over 2021. For full year 2022, box shipments declined by 3.8% from the prior year showing that the decline accelerated in the second half of 2022. Similar to lumber mills, box manufacturers and paperboard manufacturers have taken downtime in the third and fourth quarters due to the decline in demand. That still hasn't stopped prices from declining, and we're off about $30 or $40 per ton in paperboard markets from where we were in the middle of
0: 2023. And what about the market for printing paper? Obviously, you know, we're not seeing as many catalogs being printed there, during COVID. There was uh, a lag in terms of uh, some of the uh, clothing manufacturers and others uh, getting inventory, so they didn't put out catalogs. You've got just less printing overall with people not being in the office. What's What's happening there? Absolutely. So amazingly, this has been the weakest
1: market maybe in the entire economy for the last 20 plus years. It doesn't seem to seem to be like we're seeing a lot of excess inventory at the distributor level. Inventory at mills are at all time lows right now because printers and marketers purchased all the paper they were allocated in 2022, even if they didn't have defined use or determined for that stock. Now, some of those are starting to be turned down right now, and this could signal a supply demand balance shift and either a softening in pricing or a determination to slow capacity. Which, as we referenced earlier, could be a tough, tough decision if it means a reduction of skilled labor that might be hard to recoup when needed. But as of now, pricing is holding up, and we really haven't seen that much of a deterioration in the market. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I would have thought I would have thought there might be, but as you said, it uh, might be signaling that direction. Um, all right, we're uh, we're getting short on time. Any final thoughts? Thing we haven't touched on relative to the market right now that you still wanted to mention to the listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd really just like to reiterate and summarize by saying that elevated home prices and climbing interest rates have definitely made new home purchases unaffordable for many across the country. Housing starts are down and builder confidence is low, and the current pricing trend is likely to continue. As discussed, the impact is further amplified by reduced consumer goods purchase interest and activity. Right now, we're encouraging lenders to engage with their borrowers in the market to ensure a comprehensive understanding of the current business performance notable challenges, and forecasting accuracy. More frequent valuation monitoring may be a worthwhile consideration, given all of the fluctuations in pricing. And we welcome the opportunity to discuss and assist in those efforts, as well as to answer any questions lenders and others who are listening may have pertaining to specific exposure within their portfolios
0: And I'm sure uh, some of the listeners will have questions like that. Thanks for joining us, Jesse, to give us this earlier update. I really appreciate it. And um, for those that do have questions, how can they best get in touch with you?
1: Thanks, Steve. The best way to get a hold of me is really via email. It's jmarzuk M-A-R-Z-O-U-K, at hilcoglobal.com.
0: Okay, perfect. Thanks again, Jesse. And listeners, as always, we hope that the Smarter Perspective podcast Provided you with at least one key takeaway that you can put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. And one more thing, remember that you can check out our other recent podcasts and a full archive of those previously recorded at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspectives or on your favorite podcast platform. Lots of good stuff there. All right, well, that wraps us up for today. So until next time for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz. Bye.